I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, and I welcome you to episode 36 in the fourth edition of the AIC Bible Study video series, The New Testament Gospels. At the end of this episode, I will point out where material presented in episode 36 appears in the AIC Bookstore publication, The Gospel of John, Annotated and Illustrated. In this episode, I begin part one of four of a discussion of miracles, or as St. John labels them, signs, found in the Gospel of St. John, beginning with the first, the wedding at Cana. In these four episodes, I will point out where St. John's Gospel reinforces many of the teachings of the Eastern Church that, until recent years, are largely unknown and misinterpreted in the Western Church tradition. I hope you find that these insights increase your knowledge and enhance your understanding of St. John's unique Gospel. In the Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox teaching traditions, the first 12 chapters of the Gospel of St. John are often called the Book of Signs, referring to the seven miraculous events which St. John recounts. The New Testament Greek word is Samian, which is in the King James Version translated as miracle, or sign in the New King James Version, and in other translation as wonders. They are signs in the sense they indicate that Jesus of Nazareth was the Son of God, for no other but God could have caused such astonishing events to take place. The illustration is a 19th century English stained glass window of St. John holding a chalice bearing an eagle, his traditional symbol. The location and identity of the artist was not specified by the vendor. In St. John's Gospel, there are seven such signs, or which sometimes call signs and wonders, five of which are unique to St. John's Gospel, these being the wedding at Cana in John 2, 1 to 11, the healings of the nobleman's son in John 4, 46 to 54, the healing of the paralytic man in John 5, 1 to 15, and the healing of the man born blind in John 9, 1-41, and the raising of Lazarus in John 11, verses 38-44. Each of these five events was a private healing and not a mass event like the remaining two. These other two of the seven are also reported in the Synoptic Gospels, the feeding of the 5,000 in John 6, 1-14, which I discussed in episode 10, in the context of divinity demonstrated in the Gospel of St. Mark, and walking on water, which I discussed in episode 9, as an example of divine power over nature, also from the Gospel of St. Mark. And as the second I Am declaration, I Am, Fear Not, in episode 30, in the context of reassuring the disciples. In his post-event summary in verse 11, St. John calls the wedding at Cana the beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. The word manifested comes from the Greek epiphania, which means to shine forth or to show forth. 
St. John's account is the gospel reading for third Sunday after Epiphany, a feast which celebrates seven examples of Jesus revealed or shown forth, showing his divinity, including the promise of his coming again in judgment to a broader world beyond just the Hebrew nation. The illustration is the lower half of a very small miniature illumination less than one half inch wide from a psalter made at Oxford in the first quarter of the 13th century but before 1220 A.D. from manuscript Royal 1D10 with the 10 as a Roman X, Folio 3V, British Library, London, England. The event is paired with the baptism of Christ. The manuscript was donated to the British Museum by King George II in 1757 A.D. The British Library was created as a separate entity from the parent British Museum in July 1973 A.D. Some context is needed before the actual reading and discussion of John 2, 1-11. Other than the references to Cana in John 2, 1, and 11, there are only two other mentions in the New Testament, both also in St. John's Gospel in John 4, 46 and John 21, verse 2, respectively, the location of the second sign, the healing of the nobleman's son, and St. John's identification of the Apostle Nathaniel as Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee. Christian tradition says that Nathaniel is the same person mentioned in St. Matthew's Gospel by the name Bartholomew, from Matthew 10, verse 3. The difference in names is often accounted for by recognizing that most Hebrew men at that time had two names. Example, Simon Peter only one of which is generally used in the gospel accounts. There is no longer a village of Cana, but Bible scholars believe that St. John's Cana of Galilee was near the modern Arab village of Kafar Cana, eight miles northeast of Nazareth. The illustration is a map of the Holy Land at the time of the Gospels and Acts with Cana shown in the upper right west of the Sea of Galilee and north of Nazareth. St. John's account of the life of Jesus consistently gives prominent position to the Blessed Virgin Mary, but St. John does not explain why she was present at the wedding at Cana. Eastern Church scholars suggest that she was a relative of the groom, traditionally said to be Simon the Zealot, who was one of the twelve apostles and is also called Simon the Canaanite in Matthew 10, verse 4. These zealots were a group opposed to continued Roman rule in the Holy Land. The illustration is a detail from the previously cited Oxford Psalter from around 1220 A.D. The wedding at Cana was given an important place in the sacrament of holy matrimony, especially among Anglicans and Eastern Orthodox Christians. In the introductory greeting in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer, the priest says of matrimony, which holy estate Christ adorned and beautified 
with his presence and first miracle that he wrought in Cana of Galilee. A 19th century Anglican hymn is Lord who at Cana's wedding feast by Adelaide Thrupp, who wrote verses 1 and 3 with Godfrey Thring writing verse 2. The author of Hebrews 13 verse 4 declares, declares quote, marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled. The symbolism of marriage is different in the Hebrew and Christian traditions. In the Hebrew understanding, it represents the union between God and his people Israel. In the Christian understanding, Greatly influenced by St. John's account of the wedding at Cana and the presence of both the Blessed Virgin and Jesus at the event, marriage represents the union between Jesus and his church. The wedding at Cana took place around 27 AD at the start of Jesus' ministry. The event, according to St. John's statement, Quote, on the third day, unquote, began three days after the calling the, of the apostles Nathaniel and Philip, which was the fourth day after the calling of Peter and Andrew, the first called of the apostles. The illustration is my photograph of a 20th century stained glass window of the event by Franz Mayer of Munich at St. Joseph's Villa Chapel, Richmond, Virginia, from the AIC bookstore publication, Paintings on Light. The dialogue between Jesus and his mother Mary in verse 3 and 4 is often puzzling to modern ears. And when they had run out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. The hour in my hour has not yet come is derived from the Greek hora. Some Greek language scholars explain that a more literal translation of verse 4 should be, What to you and to me my hour has not yet come. Throughout his gospel, either in his own narrative or in the words of Jesus, St. John consistently uses the same word in the same sense. In John 7:30, in reference to threats at the Feast of Tabernacles, and in John 8, verse 20, in reference to threats following the I Am the Light of the World declaration discussed in episode 31 and episode 32. After the triumphal entry into Jerusalem and during the events of Holy Week, the phrase will change to His hour has come in John 12:23 and 27, 13, 1, and 16, 32. In all cases, his hour refers to his crucifixion and propitiatory death upon the cross. I discuss Jesus' several uses of concepts of time, including our hora, in episode 43, and another phrase in a little while in episode 44. If the Blessed Virgin Mary was put off by the reply, St. John's account does not reveal it. In verse 5, she instructs the servants to do whatever Jesus tells them. St. John gives great detail, the six stone jars. 
In St. John's account, there were six stone containers or water pots in the NKJV text. He notes that these were required under Jewish law for water purification. The size in the KJV is two or three firkins, which in the NKJV is translated as 20 or 30 gallons. Such jugs have been found by archaeologists in the region of Kafar Kana. In the stained glass window in the illustration, for reasons related to artistic composition of a vertical image, only three jars are shown. In the 13th century A.D. Oxford Psalter, presented in a horizontal format, the English artists had room to show all six jars. Here what is what happened according to St. John in verses 4 and 5. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. The illustration is again a detail from the previously cited Oxford Psalter. The substance of the rest of the story is presented in just two verses, remarkable considering the magnitude of the symbolism of the event. Here is John's two verses. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now, with an exclamation point. The illustration, The Wedding at Cana, is an illumination in temper and gold on parchment made at the Reichenau Monastery, Reichenau, Germany, between 987 and 994 A.D. for Egbert, Archbishop of Trier, Germany, from the Ottonian Carolingian period manuscripts held at Wissenschaftlich Bibliothek der Stadt Trier, Trier, Germany, formerly known as Trier City Library. Like St. Luke, St. John uses a one-sentence summary at the end of his narrative, which I quoted from at the start of the discussion. However, St. John makes no reference to one obvious detail which should not be overlooked. At the wedding at Cana, Jesus spoke no command in verses 7 and 8. This first sign from the Greek Samian, which Jesus did at Cana, Galilee, was the result of divine will. A similar event is recorded in the Gospel of St. Matthew, the healing of the centurion's son, and will be seen again in the second sign, the healing of the nobleman's son, to be discussed in episode 37. The illustration, Wedding at Cana, is an opaque watercolor over graphite on gray wove paper, another such watercolor by James Tissot, painted between 1886 and 1894 as part of his Life of Christ scenes acquired by the Brooklyn Museum, Brooklyn, New York. This discussion of the first sign is another opportunity to meet one of the objectives of the Anglican Internet Church. 
to bring Eastern Church teachings into the Western Church study tradition. The Orthodox Study Bible, New Testament and Psalms, notes that the abundance of good wine in this account is symbolic of the abundance of grace and truth offered in Christ Jesus. It also notes that the presence of the Blessed Virgin at the wedding and her dialogue with Jesus are illustrative of St. Mary's special status, which is highly regarded by Roman Catholics and Eastern Orthodox Christians, who regard Mary as an intercessor before the Lord. While Anglican prayer books say that Jesus is our, quote, only intercessor, many traditional Anglicans offer intercessory prayers through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Historically, especially in the Eastern Church tradition, the water into wine sign is symbolic not only of the marriage of Christ to his church, but is also symbolic of the transformation of the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ in the liturgy of Holy Communion. We'll talk more about the seven signs in the next episode. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this episode and not previously mentioned are available at our website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net, where seasonal and Christian education videos are linked from the digital library page, Bible study videos from the Bible study page, podcast versions from the podcast archive page, and where bookstore publications are linked from the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the home page. Now, items of interest for episode 36 are in the seasonal video series Epiphany, the Manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles, the Collect Epistle and Gospel readings for Third Sunday After Epiphany are discussed in episode 3. In other episodes in this Bible study video series, New Testament Gospels, St. John's unique mention of the Apostle Nathaniel Bartholomew is discussed in episode 42. From the AIC Christian Education video series, The Lives of the Saints, St. John is the subject of episode 4, Mark of 7, Philip of 8, Bartholomew slash Nathaniel of 13, Matthew of 14, and Luke of 15. Our long-running podcast homily series with links from the podcast homilies page. You'll find the podcast homily for third Sunday after Epiphany with focus on the epistle, Romans 12, 16-21, and the gospel, St. John's account of the wedding at Cana. From the AIC Bookstore Publications in the Gospel of John, annotated and illustrated, topics discussed in this episode include the wedding at Cana from Chapter 2, demonstrating the first of seven signs in the Gospel of John, a high-resolution version of the illustration from the Codex Egberti is found on page 23. In Layman's Lexicon, words of interest, I am, marriage, prayer, and synoptic gospels. In Beliefs of the Anglican Church, the sacraments of Holy Eucharist and Holy Matrimony are discussed along with the other sacraments on pages 66 to 71. In the St. Chrysostom Hymnal, Lord who at Cana's wedding feast by Adelaide Thrupp and Godfrey Thring is hymn number 215, arranged to the tune King's Fold, 
with two stanzas of Winchester Old as a suggested alternative. And finally, in Prayers in the Christian Tradition, Anglican versions of four Marian devotions are found on pages 88 and 89. Finally, there's Father Ron's blog, using links at the top and the bottom of every page. Entries in the blog usually include an illustration. By clicking on the Follow Anglican Internet Church legend in the right-hand column, you can register to receive notice of each new posting from our site host, WordPress.com. Please be assured that we do not share information with any other organization. Thank you for joining me for episode 36. Next time, in episode 37, my focus is on part two of four on the seven signs in the Gospel of St. John, and will include the healing of the nobleman's son, the paralytic man, and part one of two in the healing of the man born blind. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.